Welcome to ContenderCast, a global leadership and consumer industries entrepreneurship podcast centered on shining a light on bright ideas. And now, here's your host, Justin Hahnemann. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being. Thanks for downloading. Thanks for subscribing and following. It's Justin Hahnemann, the ContenderCast, shining a light on bright ideas. Today, we're in the food space. I can't even wait for you to meet my guest, Kevin McRae. He is the co-founder and COO at Kevin's natural foods. We have been ready for this one all week, right, Kevin? I, I'm so glad you're here. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad we're here. Thanks for having me on. I'm so excited that you're here with us. Um, I've had so much fun getting to know you, quite frankly. We had a lot of time to talk this week and uh, get to know your company, and you're doing some really cool things in the food space. I can't wait to dive in. Um, I've got so many questions. It's going to be great. So let's do this first. Uh, before we get to Kevin's Natural Foods and all of your different food products, um, which I, I'm eager to do, why don't you share a little bit about your background? I know you started the business about eight and a half years ago, but give us a little bit of your story before launching the business. Sure, I'd love to. So I grew up in Sacramento, uh, ended up going to school down in San Diego and studied marketing. Thought I would be in marketing my entire life, loved it. Um, ended up going to work after school at an ad agency up in my hometown, up in Sacramento, which is the best place for somebody who's young, right out of school, learning, like learning how to, how to get into the business world and wanting to practice their trade. Uh, best place for a marketing person to start. So loved that experience. That took me to, uh, I went to work for one of our clients, which is fairly common, uh, Save Mart Supermarket. And uh, went to work in their marketing department. And that was my first real look at the food industry. And wow. while I was there, I met a guy named Dan Costa, who was an entrepreneur and had a, uh, a really robust background, but wanted to start a food company. And he recruited me into food manufacturing in 2013. We started working together and Five years later, we shipped our first case of Kevin's in August of 2019. Wow. Okay. So a lot there <laughs> to unpack. I can't even wait. So cool that you guys met. Uh, like, What made you decide to start a food business and talk about the, the space you were targeting when you got started? So I took I took kind of a leap of faith, of faith to team up with Dan and I knew nothing about food manufacturing. And um, I just I just got in and we had a meal kit concept in the early days. And we were, um, you know, we set up the supply chain and uh, started working with co-packers and uh, developed the brand. The brand at that time was Chef's Menu. And we started selling these these meal kits to the supermarkets. And it was great timing for that item. And we started doing regular focus group testing, talking to co consumers, figuring out what they liked about the kits, what problems we were trying to solve. And Meanwhile, all this is happening. Okay, so we're we're just iterating this this one concept. I'm just I'm just kind of learning as I go, uh, learning from Dan, who had a lot more experience. And meanwhile, I had like this kind of parallel path where, when that um, was all basically inspired by my my health, my passion for health and wellness. I'd say so. When I was in my in my 20s, I was hit with an autoimmune disorder that had me in and out of the hospital for. Uh, a long time for these long stints. It was, it was a very tough disease. And um, I had read after about six years of dealing with this, that the paleo diet was a good remedy to help people manage the symptoms from autoimmune disorders. So I gave it a shot. It 
completely worked for me. So I went from like this disruptive lifestyle where I, I was continuously having these flare ups and getting sick to perfectly okay. And I'm just kind of like a paleo zealot at this time. So I'm <laughs> here I am in the food paleo business zealot. learning. I, <laughs> I loved the diet. It cured me. So I was telling everybody about it. I, I lived it. And meanwhile, I'm, I'm learning from consumers and trying to figure out this, this meal kit concept. And sometime around, you know, the, the end of 2017, beginning of 2018, um, you know, we started to no- notice a, a change in tune when we were talking to consumers. And all the things I had been doing with, with, during my life to, to adopt this diet became more and more common among the general population. And a lot of the challenges that come with improving your lifestyle were prevalent. And all of a sudden, consumers wanted to eat clean. So it was like this perfect mix of, hey, we're in the food business. The consumer's ready for something healthy. I am like a, a passionate health nut around this diet. And one thing led to another. And um, Kevin's, Kevin's was kind of born from that. But the, but the idea came from the consumer. Right. I love that. And now, of course, it's just a booming space. Uh, prepared meals are exploding especially the last couple of years, obviously. So where did you start? How did you figure out, like, did you have a commercial kitchen? Like, did you start in a certain geography? Like, how did you begin? And then, you know, what kind of meals? And where did it all start? So it started, we had uh, an R&D kitchen in Modesto, California, where the company is still at today. We have our R&D kitchen here. And then we ended up later on building a factory in Stockton about uh, 20 minutes north. But yeah, we had the development kitchen. That's where we'd host the... uh, the focus groups, and it started on on a whiteboard there. So basically, what would happen is we'd meet with people and talk with them. And the general insight that surfaced was, I want to eat healthy. I start eating healthier, changing my life, whatever that meant to different people. Some people were vegan, some people were paleo, some people were cutting out sugar, going gluten free, whatever it was. Folks would change their life, their lifestyle, their eating eating habits, and the same thing would happen inevitably. Where if a person had any number, call it 20 meals they knew how to cook on a weekday on short notice and tend to have the stuff in their, in their kitchen. Once they improve their life uh, or improve their uh, eating habits and tried to integrate that into their life, their repertoire of the amount of meals they knew how to cook shrunk in half pretty much. So what would happen is everybody would be gung-ho and they would start the diet and then 30 days, 60 days, 90 days, depending on you know how their, their situation they would basically wear out and get tired of eating the same thing over and over again. So the the concept on the whiteboard became, how do we provide culinary shortcuts to help people expand their menu so they don't lose their nerve on these diets? So we said, we we need to come up with something where we take as much of the legwork out of cooking the healthy food at home, but without sacrificing quality. And that became kind of the, the inspiration for what ultimately led to Kevin's. And after that, it was all about okay, what's the format for this? Where are we going to sell it? How are we going to cook it? How are we going to get the shelf life? So what did that look like to begin with? Did you start, again, in a certain geography and with certain type of meals? And and like, how did you figure out packaging? Because you hadn't really done that before, right? I mean, your packaging's awesome. Yeah, it kind of came uh, sequentially. So we knew, we knew we wanted to do something with sauces. Dan had a bunch of experience with sauces. And we always had this insight where if you could get the consumer a good sauce that was healthy, they could pan sear the meat or the vegetables, simmer it off in the sauce. And the sauce actually also provides kind of the heating method and the flavor at the same time. So we had, 
we, we knew sauces, we had that in our mind. So then it became, where, where do we go from there? How do we, are we just gonna, just gonna sell the sauce or do we wanna make it a more complete meal? We stumbled on sous vide really early in the process. Okay. And that cooking technique was a major breakthrough for us because it was the only thing we found that not only cooked the product and removed that step for the consumer, but it actually improved the quality of the meat when you cook it. Got it. Interesting. So that idea became, it became like the meat will sous vide the meat, sous vide the vegetables, pair it with a sauce. And we're providing this, this kit where now you've done like 90% of the leg work. Right. But That's the hard work. Still going at home. <laughs> That's the hard work. Yeah. Right. No raw chicken or beef, right. you know, or chopping, totally. you know. <laughs> yeah, take care of that. And then the consumer can still have fun cooking it if they want to. They can just pop it in the microwave or they could actually pan sear the meat or vegetables and put a nice browning on it and add the sauce to a pan and deglaze the pan. So it kind of gave the consumer the flexibility with how involved they wanted to be. Got it. I love that. Um, wh- what was the first product out the door? How long did it take you to get there from, hey, we're going to launch the meal business to product in hand? So that was uh, about 18 months. Um, we already had a little bit of a head start because we were already in the food business. So um, then it was just a matter of, okay, we identified the, the, um, what, what it was going to be. And we started with the chicken entrees, the sous vide chicken with the sauce, and then added the beef and veg later. So then it was, where do we want to sell? And then we started, we did that research and we stumbled on uh, two areas. We stumbled on in the natural foods and club channels, they sold these types of products in the deli. So like at right. Costco, it was in their, their deli department and, and Sprouts and stuff was in the deli. But in the conventional supermarket, it was in the meat department, which we mm-hmm. love. They call it the HMR department. And it's on the perimeter of the store. There was nothing healthy in the set at the time. So that once we knew where in the store we wanted to be, that ended up driving a lot of the packaging format decisions. So it's like, okay, we know we need to be in these pusher trays. So, and it's in typically the products have a tray and a sleeve and, and then, um, and, and that helped us kind of figure out where we wanted to go with the packaging. And then it became a matter of how are we going to stand out in the right. sea of products? And that's where kind of the branding experience came in. And, and how we did started you looking that out? and evaluating these sets. Well, that, you know, we figured that out because we just trial and error um, we would go into these sets and we'd bring our mock-up package and we'd go, you know, bring the meat manager Starbucks or something and just like get to know them at our local stores and say, Hey, could we put these packages up and, you know, see how they look and take pictures and stuff. So we'd go in there with our different concepts. And what we found was the, everything we wanted to pop, right? You hear that word pop off the shelves. Cause we wanted to get on the shelves and just get noticed, you know, cause we didn't have a big marketing budget. So we'd make these really loud designs flashy colors and, and really try to pop the louder the design got it's like the more we blended in the oh. set itself was loud it had so many people fighting for attention that we went for a minimalist design a lot of white space and yeah. by uh, removing elements in loudness from the packaging it actually made us stand out it, it contrasted against everybody else that was in there. right i love the simplicity of the the um packaging it's really well done. And I love the color scheme. So you kind of know what you're getting into and freaking reviews, Korean barbecue style chicken, 194 five-star reviews. My awesome, my favorite <laughs> one too. I, you guys also do, they all, this is interesting to meals. You can see on the website, Kevin's natural foods. They also do sauces and, and whatnot. I love this one. I could, this is a quote from one of the reviews. I'm seriously considering drinking this sauce right now. 
<laughs> from Jolene. Or, we love that one. That's so funny. Um, okay, so you, you start, you change the the packaging. Were you in store right away? How did you get into stores? Uh, you know, early days. Oh yeah, let me come back to that one. So we uh, we we had known the uh, buyers at Costco from the meal kit business. So we went over to Costco Bay Area and presented the idea. And they took a chance on it and gave us a, a kind of a modest unit commitment just to start and see how it goes. Right. And I'll never forget, we were at a meeting where we were presenting to another big customer and we were all excited. And during the meeting, my cell phone is just ringing and ringing and ringing. And it's the Costco broker and the buyer and everybody's calling and they're trying to pull the POs forward because it's selling so fast. Oh. In the time frame, they thought that they were going to sell uh, this small unit commitment. They ended up selling over double what they anticipated. Oh my and God. we kept pulling the POs forward and uh, were able to get the orders out. And from there, it was history. Then from Costco, we were able to get into our other local stores here in, in, the, in our area, Raley's, and met early on with the Safeway region out here. And then Expo, that was in August of 2019. Expo East was in October. So by at Expo East, we were able to get uh, Whole Foods National signed up and a couple of the other big ones. And uh, it was off to the races from there. Wow. So, I mean, nice to start off in Costco. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you know, I get to interview a lot of great brands. And, you know, it's like we started in the, you know, farmer's market. And then we did this. We had three grocery stores and we got in 20 stores. And, you know what I mean? Like, dude, Costco. Boom. Um, <laughs> so great. I love that. Now, was it, did, did you have only a certain smaller number of meals at first? You know what I mean? Did you start off with the Korean barbecue chicken or whatever, the cilantro lime chicken skewers or, or, you know what I mean? Like what was the set? With, what did that look yep. like? Yeah. So we did, uh, we started with um, six items in the, in our, in our menu, six chicken entrees. That was our, what we started with. And then, but you know, just whatever got authorized, got authorized. So Costco was like, Hey, here's your one item. It was lemongrass chicken. Still our number one item at Costco today. Oh, no way. Well, and funny. yeah, yeah. Still the most popular there. That's funny. And then as we, as we expanded, like grocery stores have more slots. So they would give you, you know, our, you know, Rayleigh's had started with four items and HEB had started with six. And, and then we would just, uh, we added on from there. So then it was all about more of those focus groups it like led to the brand then it was like okay instead of talking about what should the brand be called and what should the package look like and all this stuff we started talking about all right what's the next flavor what, what do we need to get into next right. what would make your right. life easier interesting yeah that's very very yeah. cool i have to say um and so what about production were you ready to do like when you got the first deal with costco were you ready to handle that much volume or how did you handle like, What was your approach to that? Yeah. Here's where, here's where Kevin's, uh, the Kevin's brand story is a little unique in that, you know, from the get go, my, my, like we discussed, my background was marketing. I'd, you know, I'd learned food yeah. manufacturing, but it, it wasn't like what my forte. Uh, but Dan, on the other hand, uh, they, you know, he who recruited me into food manufacturing in the first place, he had a bunch of experience. So he, um, he actually believed so much in the brand in the early days, he uh, authorized us to build a factory and he funded oh. it. So we, when the concept was still young, we were already breaking ground on a factory. So by the time we were out there in a big way, we had, uh, we had a factory with a bunch of capacity going into the time where everybody was going to be tied on capacity. So uh, from a timing standpoint, it worked out uh, really, really nice. Wow. 
that's amazing. Um, and then what did you find in terms of, what about, you think about direct-to-consumer versus retail stores, how have you guys thought about that in terms of a, a route to market and a channel? So in the early days, we had a ton of conversation about that. Everything from, do we not, we should not even go retail. Let's go all D2C. And we don't, right. you know, just don't even worry about that. <laughs> to like, oh, well, you know, retail, we weighed all the odds. And the most efficient way right now still for our category is, is going through the retailer and they, they're open. They were so open to new innovative ideas in this category that they weren't like a, a hurdle for us. They were a partner. You know, they were, it, it was, they were just open to it. So after we talked to a few retailers, we're like, you know, this retail is the way to go to this. They, they want this item. This isn't going to be an uphill battle. Right. So we decided to go that route. During the pandemic, we launched online because there were so many people who we were, we didn't have much distribution yet. You know, it was spotty. So people would hear about us and write in and, and they weren't, you know, they were trying to order more things online. So we started shipping online as a, as a temporary thing for a while while we gained distribution. And then now we've partnered with other D2C retailers um, to, to help us in areas where we may not have the, the strong, as many flavors in retail distribution. So like, you can go to like Thrive or Amazon Fresh and, and get the stuff online. And then obviously Instacart through all your favorite grocers. So now that's got so big that we're able just to focus on retail distribution and let these guys kind of special, specialize in that, take care of that front. Sure. Yeah, totally get that. There's other meal kit companies out there. How do you guys differentiate or compete? Like, what does that look like? If you think about the market for meal delivery, meal prep, that kind of thing. Yeah, there's for for us. It was there was the hole in the market was here's an, a product that has um, quite a bit of shelf life. So, uh, like 55 days is oh, what wow. we get on our on our chicken when we sous vide it because of the sous vide cooking method without any preservatives. And so by the time the customer gets it, you know, through the supply chain and everything, they, they may have 20, 30 days on it. So they can have these meals in their fridge ready to go. You know, here's a, like a whole menu of five minute entrees ready to rip whenever you need them. So the shelf life was a big deal um, relative to other kind of like home delivery services. And then we were really, we really didn't want to be polarizing. So because we came from meal kits, we had learned what was good and what was tricky about, about meal kits. So if you had a meal kit that had, you know, a protein, a sauce, a veg, a starch, you had to get everybody who was eating that kit to like all of those elements. With our concept, we wanted it to be more of a mix, mix and match, choose your own adventure. So the proteins and sauces are, are an item, and then you could add your starch or your side and, um, and take it from there and kind of build your own menu. And then, of course, the health claims and the uh, and the quality of the product. It's just difficult to make a sauce, like take teriyaki sauce. It's really tricky to take a sauce that's typically 40% brown sugar and soy sauce and make right. it using no refined sugar and no soy sauce. Right. <laughs> you know? It's not so simple. <laughs> yeah. So we were able to kind of put the, the culinary work into that and create some distance where it, you almost kind of do the impossible where you make something that's really healthy tastes really good using using the benefits that that we've we have we have experience making sauces and getting creative and we went put in the work to go rounds and rounds and rounds and do all the sourcing for weird ingredients like coconut aminos and monk fruit and um and then at the same time take advantage of technologies like sous vide to deliver that exceptional quality without sacrificing flavor sure wow. you get the best of both worlds Love that. Um, as you've grown over a, a couple of years now, um, what's in front of you? What's key to growth in the next six to 12 months? How are people finding out about you? 
So there's the key to growth right now in this environment. One of the things that we're most proud of internally um, is that we have never shorted an order the entire pandemic. We do not short the orders. We work crazy hard. And so right now, when we listen to the customer, so our customer is the retailers, right? Our, our partners. And they want the products to show up when they place the orders. So we do not sleep unless their order is on a truck and heading to their heading to their DC every single week. So that's first and foremost servicing there because then the end user gets the product that they need as well. So that's number one in this environment. And then expanding the menu. We still want to, it'd be easy to be defensive because of how tricky the supply chain is now, but we want to be offensive. We're launching some of uh, our first green vegetable. We're launching uh, sous vide Brussels sprouts in a balsamic glaze. Um, it Publix, our first orders will ship this oh, next awesome. month. And, Very cool. Uh, yeah, and we're really leaning into grass-fed, grass-finished beef and expanding our variety and a ton of retailers on our beef entrees, um, which which is a, a big step for us. And then we actually just launched our first uh, our first mashed potato. Mashed potatoes are really big in our category. And we wanted to make a clean mashed potato. So we made one that only has five ingredients, the rest of potatoes, ghee, heavy cream, sea salt, and pepper. So we're keeping the pedal to the metal on the development side and trying to stay offensive, even though it's it's kind of a tough environment right now. Yeah, no, I think it's super exciting. Um, wow. And then how do you decide in terms of per meal production and creation? Do you need another location or two? Like, how do you figure that out, you know, in terms of scale? So we we luckily were able um, to expand in our current facilities. So we're okay. actually in the middle of a of an expansion that's going to increase capacity by quite a bit. So it's going to take us. Uh, it's going to buy us a few years of growth, right. and then um, and then from there, it's uh, you know what do we, what do we do next? And um, there's a lot of different ways we can go, and we're still weighing all the options. But we you have to. I mean, with it's growing so fast that. Um, we're always trying to think, uh, you know, scenario plan and game it out. Okay, what right. if, you know, 2024's n- numbers actually happen in 2023? What are we going to do then <laughs> and make sure we're ready? <laughs> I love it. I mean, there's like so many th- things here I would eat. Like, I, so, lot, so I'm just going to list them off. These are all almost five-star reviews with like hundreds of reviews, by the way. Cilantro lime chicken, Thai-style coconut chicken, teriyaki-style chicken, I mean, you can tell a common theme here. Lemongrass chicken, roasted garlic chicken. Justin is a chicken guy. I mean, I like all the things too, but um, man, if you like steak and anyway, Marsala. Okay, enough. This is very, very cool. Um, We're excited for you. Um, And what have you had to do with much marketing or has it been mostly, you know, word of mouth and people finding it in stores? Mostly word of mouth and people finding it in stores. We... Um, and started doing some tests here and there to basically see what works. You know, it's so hard. You know, you just have to put, you got to be competitive. Like one of the best things that we've, we've done, I think, looking back, has been really try to narrow the gap um, in terms of cost for like a conventional offering relative to our offering in our space. Wow. You know, so keeping the, keeping the premium, obviously, it's going to be more if you're using, you know, an antibiotic-free chicken breast and higher quality ingredients in the sauce. But only make it the difference in the cost of the ingredients. Don't have all these other costs built in there. So we've tried to stay really, really lean and just kind of let the word spread with influencers and distribution and word of mouth. And then uh, because we're still young, I mean, just started in 2019 officially with Kevin. Right. So now right. the name of the game is figure out what works. You know, what marketing does work when we do have, uh, you know, the money earmarked for that. And we're running all sorts of different tests with different mediums, like even small TV campaigns and uh, uh, you know, some digital marketing tests and things of that nature. 
Very, very cool, man. I'm excited for you guys so much. Uh, I, I, I like to say stretch and runway in front of you uh, for your brand. And uh, you got to come back on and in the down the down the road and share more stories with us. So I always love to ask our guests, um, you know, two or three of their biggest lessons learned, piece of advice that they'd offer other entrepreneurs. We have a lot of entrepreneurs and want to be entrepreneurs listening. Um, what would be two or three things you would offer to our audience? So based on my experience, you know, I'm still in the thick of it and I'm learning every day. But one of the things that I couldn't have uh, imagined this happening without is first and foremost, listen to the customer. Everybody says it, but it actually has to be kind of an initiative. So taking the time, even during the pandemic, we did digital focus groups, which had a whole bunch of benefits and just constantly talking to the consumer. And in, in our world, it's not just your end consumer, um, it's also your retail customers. So we talked before we ever launched, we talked to uh, a dozens of retail customers about what should the shelf life be? What should the pack size be? What price point do you think people could deal with? Um, and just it's, it's invaluable. So listen to the customer by far, like number one piece of advice. The next that, you know, was, it was new for me coming from marketing, you know, marketing was all about creativity and the idea wins and everything. This brand, the ideas had to be good on the front end, but it's been 120% about execution. And um, I, the, the ability to negotiate and pay attention to uh, cost control. So it's like, it's like the part of the business that's not necessarily as sexy, but is, and it's a lot of work. Negotiate every cost, every single input, look for ways to cut costs out of the system. And again, another one that seems obvious, but it would have been, it can't be like an afterthought. It has to be from the get go. How are we going to remove costs? Could we receive that in a bin instead of a tote? Can we, is there certain days of the week that make sense for that supplier? How do you make the lines more efficient and constantly looking at that? It's been, it's been really important to the brand taking off. Interesting. And, our, and then I'd say, yeah, go ahead. Oh, yep, go yeah, no, please no, go, go for it. We got one more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll, take, I'll hit you with one more. Um, and then the next, the last one is, uh, for for us here, um, getting the employees invested uh, in having skin in the game has been huge for our company. So every single employee is a shareholder here at our oh, company. Very cool. So um, it's cool. Yeah. And a lot of companies, you know, do this and I would encourage more to do it, but it's, you know, there's different ways you can do the program and it, it works really well to keep uh, for goal congruence, keep everybody pointed at the same thing and everybody's an owner. So they, they want to come to work and they, and they want to work hard. So that's, that's been monumental. That's been great. Very, very cool. Love that. Yeah. And um, I mean, it just gives everyone an extra reason to help, you know, drive the business, right. And make it successful and find that extra cost savings instead of being wasteful. Um, very, exactly. very cool. Yeah. Kevin, it's been so great having you here with us. What a cool brand and story. And I mean, like I said, you just, you could just see the runway and, um, uh, and I, like I said, I like the food, like that's pretty awesome. Um, <laughs> I guess I should. Um, I'm glad we had this interview around lunchtime. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, this has been cool. Kevin, share with our audience where they can find you, connect with you, buy your product, et cetera. So the best thing to do is to head to our website, kevinsnaturalfoods.com. The store locator is up to date and you can see you type in your zip and find any stores near you. And all we have links to all our social handles on there as well. Very active on, on all, you know, Instagram and Facebook and even TikTok now we're getting into. Ooh. So take a look. <laughs> so funny. It's hilarious. Um, all right. And I have one more question. Like, how did you guys decide to name it after you? <laughs> 
I mean, another one <laughs> because right, who is the guy? You, right, your partner. What's his name? Dan. Yeah. Dan. So Dan. why wasn't it Dan and Kevin's or Dan's? <laughs> <laughs> What's really funny is this is another one from the from the consumer. So we were in focus groups and we we're testing names, and because our products are like paleo certified. Right. And that was like my passion. We were like, okay, we're going to go with something that's like really caveman, like stone plate or something, you know? And all the customers hated it. They were like, what does that even mean? I don't get it. And they're like, why are you, what, some, somebody asked, why are you starting this? Like, why is it paleo? And I told them the story about how I love the diet. And right. like, you should call it cabin, you know? And, and it came from I the started. <laughs> I think it's cool. I Tongue in cheek. That's, uh, of course, people are probably like wondering, right? It's so fun. <laughs> Uh, I think it's cool. Yeah. I love it. Great logo, great packaging, great product. Really, really cool. In the uh, bottom line is eat clean and live happy. Love that. Um, Kevin, man, so so much fun having you here today. So much fun getting to know you this week. I know we had another call earlier in the week, had a chance to catch up, and that was so good and helpful. And thanks so much for being here today. It's been awesome. Hey, thanks for having me. This was fun. Let's do it again. We will. The Contender Cast is sponsored by Henderson Shapiro Peck and powered by Contender Brands. You can download additional Contender Cast episodes directly via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, iHeartMedia, YouTube, and other preferred podcast platforms. If you would like to be a guest on the Contender Cast, connect with us at contendercast.com. This is Brian Benson reminding you that every winner started as a contender.